Hi, everyone, and welcome to Three Sheltered Girls, the show where we talk about our sheltered Christian upbringings and how they influenced the fabulous women we are today. I'm Sarah. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to the show. Well, today... (laughs) No, this is enthusiastic. I like it. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, today we're going to be talking about sex. Sex. Uh, But we're... Are we going to use that word? I'm afraid we're going to have to. I guess we can say um, making love. As my mother would like to say, making whoopee. That sounds so much worse no, than saying sex. She didn't say making whoopee. She did. She did. That sounds like she's making farts. It's <laughs> like a whoopee cushion. There's Is that a- what you're thinking? Like that's what that kind of sounds like. There's actually there's actually a song out there called Making, making Whoopee. Whoopee. Yep. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going with that. Oh my gosh! Yes. All right. So, um, I want to talk about sex today, and the reason why I'm going to get to talk about sex is because, like, my background is uh, counseling, uh, therapy, and so I'm really comfortable talking about a lot of crazy topics. I want to start from the beginning. No. The very beginning. Of sex? Are we going to Adam? <laughs> in the beginning? Are we like, are we going to Adam okay. level? Okay, so right. that was a little misleading. <laughs> So no, we're going to fast we're all forward. We're sheltered here. You're going to have to be very specific. We're going, to, yeah, we're going to fast forward a few yeah. thousand years. Um, I'm going to start this podcast out talking about uh, pre-sex, like how we were exposed um, to sex as kids, because how we're exposed to sex as kids is really shapes how we experience sex as adults. So you guys <laughs> tell me, um, <laughs> Jess, what is your earliest recollection of the concept of sex? Okay, so this is a great story. I was actually on the playground, I think, in about fourth grade, and my friend Betsy came up to me. We're, like, playing hopscotch or something, and she sat down next to me, and she's like, have you thought about how people make babies? (laughs) And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously they kiss a lot, and then there's a baby, (laughs) because, you know, that's what you think. And No, I wasn't in fourth grade. That's late third grade maybe I don't know I don't remember so she's like I figured it out I'm like please tell me so and there was like another girl named Dee Dee or something we leaned in and she's like so boys have like a you know and she doesn't know what it's called (laughs) oh like, like a you know and they put it in a girl's butt (laughs) from a friend <gasps> apparently you put the boys dingling in the girl's butt and my mom's <laughs> like oh no we have to have the talk and, and my, in third grade I, yes it was far too late it was far too late but too I, went late? To a, oh, I went to a christian school i went to a christian uh, school well, this is about to get real eye-opening mm-hmm. but yeah so so my mom gave me the birds and the bees discussion um, my sister, I remember she was sitting there like rocking on a dining room chair back and forth, like just enjoying my reaction so much. Like she was going to fall off. How, how much older she? is yeah. your sister? She's six years older than me. Oh, okay, five so and a half, she was really like enjoying this. So she's like, let's <laughs> she see was, This was her entertainment for that night. Exactly. Yeah. And my mom goes, so when two cows want to have a baby. Cows. What? Yeah. She chose cows. No. Yeah. Well, we lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There were like cows everywhere There's... at the time. 
So there's okay. I know so many better ways. <laughs> but anyway, I was more confused by the end of this because she's like, when they want to make a baby, one cow climbs on top of the other cow, <laughs> and they join. <laughs> In the butt still? I still was assuming it was in the butt. Because that's the thing, though, is because it's like, well, we all seen, and I'm like, if she already was surprised, like, no, that's wrong. But then she still didn't explain it right because she used cows. I'm sure you made a lot of men happy. Interesting, to say the least. All right, Ashley, your earliest recollection of just the concept of sex. I basically had to learn about it on my own. Uh, From friends, I think, in middle school and in high school, um, no one sat me down. No one went over a talk. I think my youth pastor did a little bit because we did do the um, True Love Waits. I did do that in middle school. But the thing is, is that you guys are familiar with the True Love Waits you know, discussions and like the whole ceremonial, like purity ring thing like that. It still doesn't dive deep enough. It's like, wait, it was basically just like, you know, save sex till marriage. Okay. I still didn't really know what sex was. I just knew I wasn't supposed to do it. <laughs> so that was it. And so I kind of had to learn from friends and in middle school and high school because they were getting closer to losing their virginity. And I'm like, I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm like, I don't even know what it means. And then I got my first boyfriend when I was 15 and so then I had my first kiss and all that kind of stuff. And, like, I kind of started to have feelings, like, kind of, like, lustful type feelings, if mm-hmm. you want to call it like that. But I didn't know how to direct them. I didn't know what was happening. So, like, basically, I would say, like, 13, 14, 15 years old was whenever I kind of understood it from my personal perspective. But nobody explained anything to me. Mm-hmm. So when did you realize I don't that know. a penis <sighs> would go into a vagina? At what point... Can I just say that I didn't know that my vagina was called a vagina until I was, like, 17? I thought it was called a bikini. A bikini? A bikini. bikini. (laughs) Because on my sister's tampons box, it said, insert the tampon into the bikini area. And I just... (gasps) What? That makes no sense. as bikini. Oh, bikini. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, that's what it's called. Okay, okay, well, okay, that... That kind of does help me remember a little bit because I did, like, I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast, but we're just going to be honest. Just jumped into I it. I got my period when I was either 12 or 13. So that was a kind of an eye-opener. And I was like, what is happening? My mom starts crying because I'm becoming a woman. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> straight up having a nightmare situation like the Shining Hallway. This is not good, Mom. Like, what is happening here? And so she kind of explained, like, well, whenever you become a woman, this is what happens and but still never went into details about anything so I think like my first recollection was probably like when I was like 13 14 uh, I was with some friends who were dating quote-unquote dating you know they were like middle school relationships but I remember this one girl I can't remember her name but she was a friend of mine um from school and she was just like I think her boyfriend's name was Sean or something I can't remember what his name was we'll call him Sean she was like so Sean said that he really, really likes me and he wants to like, you know, spend some some alone time with me. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, 
I don't know, but I'm really excited to find out. Like she, I was like, okay, but I'm still confused. You're not explaining anything to me because I think she also didn't know, but it sounded like Sean knew and knew that it was going to be like, okay, I've got this girl who's ignorant. Let's just see what happens. But straight up, like I cannot recollect an exact moment where I learned that what sex actually was. Mm. I think it just kind of like, as I grew older, everybody around me started started doing it or started like talking having relationships it. talking about it there were movies I started seeing more like I didn't see an R-rated movie until I was like 16 or 17 mm. and so like I didn't see a whole lot of movies I had I just saw a lot of kissing I didn't see a lot of <laughs> what happened after the kissing I do remember haha wait a second I do remember the Sims game and what happens with oh, the Sims the woohooing I remember that, but still, there was, like, only, like, there was just, like, movement under the sheet. You didn't see what was happening because it was a freaking game, <laughs> cartoon. So there was never really, like, a, a confirmed, this is what sex is for me. I'm just imagining. I know, I know. We're doing it now. Wait a second. That's what happens in that game? What is going on? No. Uh, yeah, no, straight up. Didn't get a, didn't get a discussion. Didn't get anything like that. I just kind of had to develop it for myself. I got lucky because my private Christian school actually had a sex education class. Really? Yes. And so that was in fifth grade. And it was not a great class. Sarah needs a cold one for this. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was. Um, I might need a... An, I definitely will need another cold one by the <laughs> But um, I was in fifth grade, and my Bible teacher did the sex ed talk. He split the boys and the girls into different groups. The girls stayed with the male sex ed teacher, which was weird. What? Well, that is um, weird. And his talk to us was basically, here's what your <laughs> vagina looks like, like in a very, he didn't call it a vagina though. What do you call know, it? Like, I still do not know what this was called. <laughs> it was yes. like a transparency <laughs> and it had a diagram of a woman and he felt very awkward as he was talking about it obviously but he showed how the sperm travels up like the fallopian tubes and we looked at that and just like gestation and we talked about it like scientifically and then from there like we didn't talk about periods or anything like that which was what we we really should have because it was like fifth grade and girls are getting their periods and they don't know what's happening to them um right that happened to me too happened to me and then from there we went straight into talking about oh my god i remember (laughs) he took he had a jacket he went over to his desk picked up the jacket brought it over the center of the room and he tried to step into the sleeves and wear it as a pair of pants and he was like what is happening and this is what gay sex is what what? <laughs> yes, it just like it just transitioned from you know like here's how an egg is fertilized wish- to a lecture about how like our bodies were not meant for gay sex. I wish that people could see mine and Sarah's reaction right now. You know, I am shocked. You- I am. Wow. Okay. You know, at one point he woke up and thought to himself, this is a good idea. <laughs> I hope he went, this is I a good idea. I that day going, mm, I definitely messed that up. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Ashley, um, my sex talk was very similar to your sex experience in that I didn't really get one. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I genuinely thought that you got pregnant from making out. 
Like I think I at did the too. wedding, I think you know, I did too. You got yeah. married and you kiss each other, and boom. That's that why was, you wait until the wedding to kiss. That's why yeah. you wait till the wedding to kiss. Yeah, that's how you so, you want kissing. get some babies that way. And then <laughs> there it goes. Um, <laughs> we, I actually had you know a couple of sec, uh, some school courses, like you know, like the the thing. But they talked about puberty. They didn't talk about sex. They talked about women's periods, which was great. I was not scared at all getting my period. Because I knew what it was. Thank you, public education. Hey, excellent for you. But my parents opted me out of the sex ed talk. And so I didn't get that from college. And it wasn't until my second boyfriend in high school that I was, I made the connection. I remember it very vividly because I was dating. I was, had it been 17, mm-hmm. had it been 17, 16 or 17. I was in his living room and I was thinking to myself, because I knew the concept of sex, and I thought to myself, how do you have sex? And then I was like, well, something's got to go in somewhere. Men have penises. <laughs> penises go in vaginas. <laughs> and that was, that was how I knew. Say it louder for the neighbors upstairs. Penises go into vaginas. vaginas. And I was, I was grossed. Out. I was like, oh no penis God. is coming near my vagina. I was like, no. <laughs> no, sir, shut it down. And I was like, shut I was down. I was traumatized. Uh, I was like, you know, I want to say that my school at least had some kind of class too, but I'm like, I don't remember being a part of it. I remember having like brief conversations about like relationships will get intense and you'll want to see each other mm-hmm. naked, but just know that it's not always going to be a good time. And I'm like, okay, okay. I guess not. Whatever. I don't know. So here's a, here's yeah. another question for you guys. <sighs> Do y'all guys ever played doctor as kids? Mm, I don't. What do I you? mean, I had younger brothers, mm-hmm. and I know, that, like, as soon as I say I had younger brothers and we're talking about sex, that's going to sound really nasty. <laughs> but, like, I have, my brother John is, like, two and a half years younger than me, mm-hmm. so we're wandering around in diapers together around the same age anyway, so I'm sure yeah. at some point we took a look at each other's hoo-hahs. <laughs> I mean, I, I do know, about. yeah, I mean, if that's what you're talking about, then yeah, I mean, that happened, but I was still very ignorant of it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Like, I don't think we played doctor, we just, like, my cousins would run around in their, in their underwear, so I would run around in my underwear, mm-hmm. and then my family would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well... They get turned on their underwear. Why can't yeah. I? Because I just didn't grasp the concept. You're because a girl. Just... Put some clothes yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah. I was just like, no, well, that's not fair. Why do they get to be comfortable? Like, it legit was nothing like that. No. So the doctor thing didn't really happen. Well, what's really funny is, like, people, a lot of experts believe that that doctor play is, like, kids' first exploration into sexuality because they're exploring really? other people's. Yeah. It, and it's, and like you said, like, people, kids can get exposed to sexual nature and to you know, sexuality without it actually being sexual, if that makes sense. I can sense. see that, yeah. So yeah. they're, they're learning like, about their bodies and yeah. they want to know other kids' bodies. It's very natural. It's very normal. And that's actually considered a healthy part of development. Well, like what she just said <clears throat> that, you know, and then I was like, yeah, I know. I remember as a kid running around, you said it with your brothers. That makes sense because it's not really... It's not sexual. It's not sexual in nature. I think, you know, as a child, you only really start to think of it as inappropriate when an adult tells you, it's put some clothes on, Nailed that it. is yes. inappropriate. Yeah. And That's when you start to become, you feel that shame. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I want to ask you this question before I go into it. What age do you guys think you should, would you want to, for your future children, do you want to start talking to them about sex? What's, it a, what's a good age, do you think? Let's start talking. Well, I think a kid could probably 
maybe I, I don't think it's very organic if I'm having to be like, okay, well, I'm going to sit you down randomly. I know you're watching cartoons, but here we're going to have this discussion now. Sure. I think like what happened with you, like if some, if it finally gets brought up, the parent comes in to set the truth straight. But I, I don't know. Am I wrong on that? Because I oh, there's not a wrong answer. Just like well, what I feel do you like think? if a parent just is straight up on a random note, like okay, we're going to talk about this now, just so you know, and I'm out because maybe the kid has no idea. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, it's exposed to this news. And then it's just kind of like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Kind of a shocker. This is what's interesting. Like, some people believe that you should start having the conversation with them before they're even talking, before even words start happening. And this is what their thought process is. You start, like, labeling genitalia the way it's supposed to be, penis, vagina. Like, you you, you label it anatomically correct because, like, what you mentioned, Ashley, like, if you suddenly spring it on them late, later in life, then it's going to be a shock value. It, what's recommended anyways is you you can give nicknames but you also want to pair it with like actual you're responding great and I, I want to hear this because no I want you to finish but I'm just thinking <laughs> okay, I'm thinking of like there have been recently for some reason some TV shows where they had uh, different words for it sure there's a there's a great show um, I think it's on uh, True TV it is uh, called I'm Sorry with Andrea Savage mm-hmm. and it's hilarious but she has a babysitter for her daughter, and I think her daughter is like five or six. And so her her babysitter comes up to her, and her babysitter's in her twenties. She comes up to her and she's like, "Yeah, she did have a little bit of a rash on her front butt." And she goes, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> on her front I think butt? that's what she called. And she goes, "Yeah, her her front butt." And she goes, "You mean her vagina?" She goes, "Front butt." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" So like, and it was just so funny to me to think about like there might be some people that are that ignorant. And then I also watched Bob's Burgers, and recently there was an episode where Tina was trying to babysit. This girl, and she starts talking about how she kicks people in what she called the tinkle dink. Mm. And how boys have tinkle dinkers. And I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Because, like, I never had nicknames like that. But I was just like, is it that common for people to give these weird names for, you know, genitalia? For people to have to hide it that much? I'll be honest. My parents, I don't remember any (laughs) nicknames for gen... They just didn't talk about it. I know. They just called it private either. parts. Like, mm, don't yeah. touch... No, we just mm, called it private, private parts. The private area. Like, this is your no-no square, yeah. you know? Uh, stop. Don't, don't touch me there. there. This, this is, is my, my no-no, no-no square. square. You never... <laughs> uh, this is my... For those of you who can't see me, this is my blank what was that face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we had. All we knew was that this was our no-no square from yeah, the top, it, like where your clavicle is, down up to your hip bone. Yep, and we cover that up because modest is hottest. Modest is hottest. And yeah. it's so funny. Like they actually <laughs> they know it. It's so funny. They they made non-sex fun in Christian communities. With a like, rhyming song. With a rhyming song. Like not, not having sex no-no is square. fun. Yeah. So does like silly names uh, in your research did they, did that lead to more ignorance did that lead to actually improving a little bit more knowledge it's a good question it actually depends i think it's okay like they there's not really a negative effect to like starting out that way kind of like saying a boo-boo but you don't want to go into adulthood still calling it a a boo-boo or a bikini bikini. like eventually whenever they start becoming more verbal you want to actually label it correctly the point is to normalize the genitalia and they actually say, like, you know, ages four or five is actually a pretty decent time to start talking about sex in general. Wow, that's really huh. early. It does sound, it seems early. early. So here's a here's a good book. 
that I have. Oh, what did you find? This is my book, actually, called It's My Body. These are the kind of things that you read to kids when they're younger and that age. And I actually read this in a group play therapy for ages three to four, talking about, you know, their body and, you know, talking about consent and boundaries. And it's it's books like these that lay the foundation for a healthy sexual future. Yeah, if anyone's curious, so the, the book is called It's My Body. Uh, a book to teach young children how to resist uncomfortable touch. And it's by Lori Freeman, illustrated by Carol Deitch, if you want to look it up for yourself. But yeah, it says this classic book on personal safety teaches young children between the ages of two and eight how to resist uncomfortable touch. The drawings are simple and expressive so that even the youngster, the youngest reader can comprehend them. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. It is. And I actually remember one of my earlier experiences <clears throat> with sex. Um, and I didn't relate this to humans at the time. Mm -hmm. But I was on my grandmother's farm, and she had locked up a rooster. Mm -hmm. And she let the rooster out, and the rooster was hopping on all these hens. And I said, Grandma, what's the rooster doing? And she goes, well, um, what roosters do is they um, hop on a hen, and they put their penis inside the hen, and they release a little bit of stuff called sperm, and it fertilizes the eggs, and that's how chicks are born. And I said, oh, neat. And that was that. It was so simple. And, I mean, we were like... That was my grandma. My grandma. And you would think that, you know, as adults, like, we're kind of, like, you know, hesitant. But that should be how simple sex should be. Mom, how are babies born? Well, a man has something called a penis, and he puts it inside of a woman's vagina. A little bit of stuff comes out called sperm, fertilizes the eggs. And that's what makes the baby. And there was no stork involved. No stork involved. No crane. A, B, C, simple. And the kids already know what a vagina is, what a penis is by that time. It could be already, you know, explaining to to them at a younger age it doesn't have to be a big deal i think before we go on it's important to like talk about why was is sex just so uncomfortable to talk about in, in the christian in church? The church sure it shouldn't be but why is, is it I, I don't well this is so you have yeah so this right, is, you're leading this thing why don't you go ahead and so this is this is what i've yeah. gathered is you know there's about maybe four or five verses that kind of allude to um, sex being between a, a husband and a wife. And so what's really what's really interesting is I believe that a lot of them have been afraid that talking about it, it's going to make them want to do it because, you know... Your eyes are opened. Your eyes are open. You, you've opened that box. You've um, released the Pandora. Nope, that's not it. Open up Pandora's box and, and you can't put it back in. It's like once you, once it awakens, yeah. this is something from verbiage from church. Once it awakens, the desire, the desire awakens, yeah. you can't quiet back down. And I think they're afraid that talking about it too soon or, um, it's going to traumatize or sexualize their kids. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Jess, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts I'm trying to organize right now in my head. You go ahead. I think that that is the way that it is pitched to young women, but. Um, and this is a little bit of my feminism bleeding through. So here we go. Um, I think at least in my church and in a lot of churches that are led by men, a lot of men are uncomfortable thinking about their daughters having sex. Mm. And so as I personally think as a result of that, um, the solution, because men are coming up with the curriculum or might be men and their wives that are, you know, following the man as the head of the household. Like, their solution of dealing with it is, let's talk about it 
in a way where we are proactively discouraging it. It's like, basically, we'll we'll talk about it, but we're going to make sure that everyone knows it's not okay. Right. So it's like, yes, we have to to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it in this way that is like, your body is the temple of God, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you are a pure, virginal creature, Mm -hmm. and men are going to want to defile you, and it's your job to keep your legs closed, and all of this messaging that... I think comes from good intentions from our fathers because they're just very unsure of how to talk about it because maybe this is how they were raised hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't, I mean, daddies don't want to think about their girls having sex with their boyfriends. I really no, hope they no. don't. So like, here's yeah, it. So real quick, here's something that we want to, we haven't even used that word yet. This entire podcast, virgin, mm-hmm. virginity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is, the Bible, in a lot of ways, praises women virgins. You don't hear a lot of praise about male virgins. Right. Right? Yeah. And so... That's virgin brides. Virgin brides. Virgin brides. Virgin brides. Not that. virgin grooms. That expectation wasn't placed on men. Virgin brides were prized possession. It was, It was. you know, it was a, a high honor. And you were more valued with your virginity. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about... Our virginity as it being valuable. Mm-hmm. So, what's y'all's experience with that? Like, I just I hear you say like virginity value, and I think of like daughters as like items that are sold to the highest bidder, mm-hmm. and they are more yeah. valuable if they have their virginity intact. It's such like an old concept from a different time that's still like very much there in the and language. See, I also think that that's not just strictly Christian related. No, it's all no. thoroughly religion. <clears throat> any religion has right. that mentality about women, and so I think that that's just been developed from you know centuries ago until until now and in any religion and any religion right, kind right. of thing that's a grown thing and so it's just a stigma that's stuck that i think is something that hasn't been addressed as to why that is universally mm-hmm. the concept about women and being in virginity and purity right so, did you guys ever have like those talks in churches <clears throat> where they're talking about you know your virginity like chewed pieces of gum like you chew a piece and of we gum. Established my track record. Like you, you have you have sex one time. Like sex is like your virginity is like gum. You chew it, and you can never, it can never go back to not being chewed. It's always. I think I have heard that analogy. You've heard that analogy. I want to say maybe. I think it might have been said a little bit differently. Not or gum, like you have virginity is a gift from God. You can only give it to one person, one time. Well, I I'll tell you this story. And I hope my mom never listens to this (laughs) because, you know, she like she meant so well. And I know she was trying to protect me. But, you know, years after I had lost my virginity, I waited till I was 18, by the way, Mm because I thought this out. But anyway, like I was maybe 21 and she found sex toys Ooh, in my trunk. She didn't actually yeah. find them. My dad did. Oh, no. Awkward. Oh, Even right. worse. <laughs> oh, my God. But my mom had to be the one to approach me, and she, like, set down this bag. Better. They were wrapped up. You had to go digging for them, guys. Anyway, she was looking. 
he, or he, like was he was looking, looking for something. Yeah, he was looking yeah. for cigarettes or something. I don't know. So <laughs> he didn't she, find cigarettes. Didn't find cigarettes. <laughs> she um she sets this bag next to me, and I'm just like mortified. I'm like, please no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> and she's gorgeous. like, she's like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom has clearly never seen a vibrator before. She's like. I don't know what wait, this so means. Wait, so you had to educate your mom on what she Oh, had? I did oh, not. No. I was, oh, not, I was, I was not like, going to use that second. moment as an educational what? moment. But she sets it down. <laughs> point, she's, like, she's like, I don't know what this means. But just know, if you are thinking about losing your virginity, oh. he will not respect you after it. Oh. Uh, yikes. What? Yikes. Oh, no. You know, I actually... How did, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I actually had a conversation, and I got my mother's permission to share this because I talked. I had a, oh, good. I told her my mom that we're having this podcast. I learned another topic, and I asked her Yay, what mom. her experience was because she had a few sexual partners before she met my dad. My sister's mm-hmm. my half sister, um, and so I asked her, and I was like, "So, mom, like, what do you think about?" Because she also raised us daughters to wait till marriage. Mm-hmm. I was the only one. I have a brother and a sister. And neither one of them did, just me. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like, I, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. But um, I asked my mom, I was like, mm-hmm. Mom, do you wish you'd waited till marriage to have sex? And she goes, absolutely. And I said, really? And she goes, I understand that I got my, I got Amy from it. And I'm very grateful for Amy, which is my older sister. And she said, but um, I just, I, I absolutely regret having sex before marriage. I'm like, what about dad? And because she had sex with my dad before they yeah. got married. Yeah. And she goes, I wish I'd waited so after I got married to have sex. And I was like, do you think you would end up in the same place either way? And she goes, yes. I'm like, okay, so then why does it matter? And she gave interesting reasons. She gave different reasons for each one. One of them was, you know, she felt like a man was manipulating her emotionally to have sex. Mm-hmm. Another one, she felt like she was using him to gain validation after she had my sister. Mm-hmm. And then she felt like um, when she had sex with my father... She wishes she could have made a clear decision and without sex being involved because she felt like she was more emotionally invested as a result. It's interesting that you say that because that's what I think is what's missing from the church is that it's not just physical, it's emotional connection as well. Mm-hmm. Because my mom, and I, I, God love my mom. My mom's one of my best friends. She's amazing. My mom's a great person. But she, I think, isn't being fully honest about her sexual history mm-hmm. and after realizing that she never had the conversation, you can kind of get that. My mom dated a guy for close to 11 years. Claims that she's only slept with my father. Oh. I can't fully, I can't fully believe, she started dating this guy at 14 and he was, I think, 17 or 18 at the time. And they dated for a while. And she tell, she's told me to this day, she's like, I, I fear for the idea that he could have been your father. And I'm like, that's fine. But her saying that, I'm like, that kind of gives me a hint as to why you would say that. So I did want to ask her. It was a couple of years ago. I was like, Mom, you have to be honest with me because she was terrified at the idea of, of me and my husband sleeping together uh, before we got married. And also for those like Sarah admitted that she waited till marriage. She was the only I waited till marriage as well. Personal choices. We can get into that later. But for me, I was like, okay, Mom, you have to be honest with me. Did you sleep with someone before you got married? She's like, yes, your dad. And I was like, that's okay. not okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that she was still honest about that, right? I don't feel like she's being fully honest. I don't think it was my dad, uh, just my dad. But I think that that kind of explained to me without her actually saying it why she never had the conversation with me, why she wanted me to wait to even kiss a boy until I was 16. 
why she was so worried that my husband and I were sleeping together before we got married. I think my mom had such a horrific experience before she got married to my dad, like with, with previous men that she wanted to shelter me from that pain. And I agree with that in a way, but she still should have been more. In my opinion, I would have an easier time understanding it growing older if she had been more honest with me. Mm. So here's a question for you, Ashley. Yeah. You grew up with this. Mm -hmm. Virginity is super valuable. Yeah. You know, your value is based on your virginity. You get married. First sexual experience. Go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I was a little bit spoiled because you and my other bridesmaids set up a sweet setup in our room for us. You are welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Brian, my, okay, so my husband, Brian, he, um, he had, uh, he was not a virgin whenever he got married. That was fine. We had discussed that. He was so gentle and so sweet Aww. and he was fully comfortable and he said, we are going to take this however you are comfortably. And uh, it was fine. I was nervous, not just because I was going into this fresh and new to sex, but also because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to feel. I don't know what I'm going to experience. I don't know if it's going to be painful because, you know, those of us that have, anytime you have it first, it's not always the, the best feeling, but I mean, it still is good feeling. Like it's kind of just like a new thing. Um, it was very comfortable. He made a playlist. Oh, a personal, he made a personal playlist. Um he made a personal playlist that was of songs that had to do with our, our relationship and being together. He set such a comfortable tone that it was not bad. So then, so yeah. how did you, like, now that your virginity was gone, did that alter how you viewed yourself or do you still feel like, like, how does that relate? Um, I think I still have a little bit of self-conscious attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel a little bit silly with it, I should say, because sometimes, like, I kind of just get self-conscious about myself if I'm good because I – and he he kind of knows this. I try not to compare myself to what he's had in the past mm-hmm. because he, he married me. He's together with me. He loves me. Like, that's not – but I, I kind of feel a little bit of that self-conscious, like, I'm so new to this. I probably still not as good as what he's had before. But it to him, it doesn't matter. I put that on myself. Right. And I do think that that's a buildup of how I was raised. Sure. Because there was nothing for me to go off of. So I don't know what's good and bad and what's, you know, anything. And Brian's just like, you're my wife. I'm going to sleep with you. This is great. We're doing good. Like, I love you. We're going to be married forever kind of thing. And me, I'm just like... Is, is this okay? Like, is it, I'm kind of the more timid one. I'm like, yeah. I hope this is good. Like, uh, like, oh, I'd hope this is fine. Like all that kind of stuff. So I do think that it still plays into not so much now, but early years of our marriage, it played into a lot of insecurities that I had. So I want to ask you one more question and then I'm going to ask just the same question. Yeah, no, you're good. So um, <laughs> my last question for you would be, would you do anything different? Do you wish you had gotten to experience more before you got married or you just would, would you just repeat everything exactly the way it was? I really don't care. Um, I just genuinely wish that I had had a better understanding. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> to maybe reduce some of that, that, yeah, that, well, there are people, there are people that don't know this. Uh, I per, I purposely blocked some memories out of my head of, uh, intimate moments with, uh, my previous boyfriends. Oh. So I did come close to, losing my virginity with previous boyfriends, but I never did. Like, right. but there were some moments where that kind of, but even then it was still a bit of a confusion. So I don't really regret waiting because I am glad that I didn't lose my virginity to any of those men because yeah. they sucked. Yeah. Sorry. They were, they were good men, but it, it, the way that everything ended wouldn't have 
I would have been very emotionally wrecked for that, mm. and me personally. So, all right, Jess, first sexual experience. <laughs> uh, you're 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 a you're a valuable virgin. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I was a very valuable virgin, and I mean, I I yeah. Anyway, um, I had had several friends that got pregnant around age sixteen. And we were the same age. I was 16. They were 16. And they got pregnant. It was my first year in public school, which, you know, for whatever reason, I gravitated towards the people who were going to get pregnant at age 16. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. Um, But, yeah, so I was very much aware of the fact that that could happen. And I also, as we were talking about earlier, was a little freaked out about the idea of having sex. Mm -hmm. Um, I was... A bit upset with the fact that most of the true love waits language was directed to me and my and other women in my youth group. And I was very much in love with my boyfriend at the time. Um, We dated for about a year and a half. He did not want to have sex with me. Um, He did not he did not put it that way. But he gave me vibes of like, no, let's not go that far because he was he was terrified of my father. (laughs) Um, <laughs> but I mean, I was, eight, I, get it. Right? <laughs> I was 18. Um, he was two years older than me. So that's also important to keep in mind that he did not, he mm. did not want to worry about somebody finding out and then him getting in trouble because he was older than me. Sure. So we waited until I was 18. Um, I had him buy condoms in advance He still was not sure that he wanted to do it because still, like, and he brought up my father multiple times. I'm like, please not talk about your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad. Well, now I'm definitely not ready. And I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of proud of it thinking about it. Like, I initiated it. I set it up. I decided this was the day. This was the time. And I took the reins. All right. And, you know, like, after... It was something that I wanted to do, I think, more looking back on it as an act of rebellion than, like, an act of love. Like, yes, I really cared about him, but it was very important for me to take control of my own body. Like, I think mm. I was very aware of that. Quick question. Had he... Was this his first time, too? Yes. Okay. He was also a virgin. Okay. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we had sex. It was not great. Oh. <laughs> it, we were both virgins, so we both did not know what we were doing. And afterwards, I remember being very ashamed about it and hating myself that I was so ashamed about it and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, like, my body's already going. Yeah. Wow. And, um, it, you know, it took me years to bounce back from that. Like, I had, I think for a couple years, I was trying to figure out what my friends who were not raised in the same household found in the act that mm. I was clearly missing. That's a good point. And I felt very ostracized. I felt very judgmental to my friends in college when they were having sex. And I was doing it too, but I was hopping from monogamous relationship to monogamous relationship telling myself, we're in love. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, you know... After a couple years, I finally want to say I figured it out and I got over myself and I found a therapist and we figured it out together. Yeah. 
Um, but it was not like, I really do wish that. <clears throat> and I, I actually had the talk with my brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Aww. my parents were not going to have that talk. Yeah. And I have two younger brothers. And I told, when I first talked to my little brother about it, who's two and a half years younger after he had already started having sex, I told him like, you, I know that you feel like you need to do it because your girlfriends are pressuring you to do it, which I thought was odd that his girlfriends were pressuring him to do it, but that was what was happening. And I said, but what you have to keep in mind is that this is a very intimate moment. You are going to be naked together for the first time, mm-hmm. and you are going to have that moment imprinted in your mind for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And you need to think about whether this is the memory that you want to keep mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Um And yeah, and I think like someday when I have a kid and I'm talking to them about it, that's the way I'm going to put it. That like, this is an important memory. This is an extreme moment of intimacy. And it needs to be taken seriously because you are sharing that moment that you're going to remember for the rest of your life with Mm -hmm. someone else. And they better be worthy of you. I think you've made really excellent points for yourself and for why people should have that conversation too. Mm -hmm. I think things like that for me, I kind of got scared about losing my virginity, not from a physical standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint. I'm a very emotional person. I get Mm -hmm. very connected with people. Everything is very connected for me. And um, I, too, had a friend who got pregnant at 17. The dad was 14. And I had another friend who lost her virginity to a guy who, for her, wasn't worth it and broke her apart. He was not a good good man. Another friend of mine lost it to a guy who was um, mentally abusive to her and she regretted it. So I think for me, the reason that I waited was because I'm such an emotionally connective person that I knew whoever I lost it to, if it wasn't going to be worth it, I was going to have a hard time. I think it was really important that you went and like sought out a therapist to kind of figure that out. But it's unfortunate that the stigma of a church played into how that felt for you. You know what I mean? I think it's unfortunate that for both of us, it kind of was like that was where mm-hmm. it kind of played into that stigma of, you know, losing a virginity for a woman versus a man. So here's my question for you, Jess. Would you, if you could do it all over again, would you wait until marriage for your first time? Which was with Jeremy? 100% no. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why, because I feel like um, for me, the transition to deciding that I wanted to get married was a very healthy experiences because Mm. it was not about the romance Mm. of being sexually attracted to someone. I mean, I was very sexually attracted to Jeremy. I could not keep my hands off him. But if I I wanted to have sex with him, I was just going to have sex with him and that was not going to be part of the (laughs) equation about whether I married him. Um, I think what, what was very important for me in deciding to get married was understanding that I am coming to marriage as looking for a life partner. Like I am looking for somebody to live with me for the rest of my life. I'm not looking to be swept off my feet because I'd already been through that expectation of looking to be swept off my feet. Yeah. I think it's a really healthy way to look at it. So that's really cool. No, it is. And so this is the consensus that um, I came to with my mother. And also I think with myself personally, <clears throat> Excuse me, and I'll I'll give like a brief synopsis of my experience. Yeah, because I got ahead. married the first like I got married sex first time with Doug. It was actually amazing. Like, and I was already very familiar with my own body. I was really comfortable. I knew what I liked personally. So whenever we had sex, like 
I know it doesn't happen for a lot of women, but like, man, it was just like fireworks and like very, Aww. it was just very comfortable, really safe, great, positive experience. And I cherish that yeah. as my first time. <clears throat> that being said, the morning after, like the next day, I felt like I was worth less. Really? Not worthless. Don't get me wrong. Not worthless, but worth less because really? I lost my virginity. That was a valuable part of me. Huh. And like suddenly I am like if I were an item on the black market, my value would go down if I were to be re- really? resold. Yeah, that was. And I felt. I, I had the same exact experience. Exactly. And I was afraid See, I, to like. I did not. So I did that's personally. Great. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that's. That's interesting to me. Keep going. Yeah. No, keep yeah. Going. I was afraid to like look at my parents. I felt like my dad would probably view me as less. Like seeing my parents again the first time after having sex, I was afraid that I would no longer be daddy's little girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird that that was like a fear of mine, but it was. Um, or like seeing my mom again or like people just suddenly knew. Like they look at me, that girl had sex, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Before I got married, I was known like, that's how people introduced me. My friends introduced me as the virgin. So what? The virgin. As the virgin. What? I'm not even kidding. Is it like, like they were like, they'd be yeah. like, this is like, this is Sarah, you know, the virgin. Do you think that, mm. what do you wish <laughs> had been different for yourself? Yeah, well, so this yeah. is the biggest thing that I, I wish for myself and for my future daughters. I never want their value attributed to their virginity. I want to teach them that sex should be within a loving relationship with both parties consenting in a safe way. Because the problem with sex, not even the problem, the thing about sex, it's a complicator. It's a complicating factor. Emotionally, physically, it comes with risk, with STDs, with pregnancy. It's a, it's a complicator. There's a lot of fear surrounding it. There's a lot of fears, a lot of stigmas, a lot of yeah. miscommunication. Mm-hmm. So what I want for my daughters, for my, why am I saying my daughters? What the hell, well, Sarah? should you have daughters? Yeah, but my, no, my sons, for my kids, I don't want that's their fair. value to be attributed to sex. I want them, I want them to go about it safely and healthily. Well, and I also want to say that um, I think it is good to be proud of being a virgin. Sure. I mean, I let me rephrase that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think that there's far too much emphasis placed on a woman's value being attached Mm -hmm. to her virginity and that that is deeply problematic especially when we compare it to how we think about men and virginity Mm -hmm. um but i think that in some ways it's you know it's like this rite of passage having sex for the first time and that we should take pride in in waiting Maybe not, you know, maybe not virginity is the right word way to think about it, but maybe it's a matter of like taking pride in being deliberate, deliberate about yeah. it. I, I think, think that, and, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Oh, oh, I was going to say that's, that's kind of like the key takeaway that I wanted to emphasize is that number one, and making sure you yourself, like prioritizing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you are emotionally in a place to handle like, and whenever I said, you know, too young, I guess I should have rephrased like emotionally mature to the point of, you know, you, you need to make sure that you're in a place you can handle the emotional fallout and any physical consequences that may occur mm-hmm. to be equipped with that. But also prioritizing yourself, communicating, you know, with somebody, do you feel comfortable communicating to this partner that you have what you want, what you need, what you expect? Cause if not, it's going to be a really negative experience. 
And also, like, I don't think people who wait till they feel that right moment should ever be shamed. Because I was, like, personally, and I know I'm sure you were too. I don't know if you were. But personally, I was, you know, I felt I felt very attacked by people saying, like, well, that's that's stupid. I maybe had one person, and it was a guy, who was like, really, sex is awesome. But everybody else that knew that I was weighted, they were like, hey, kudos to you. Like, that's cool. That's your own decision. Waiting till my, my wedding night and all that kind of stuff. If somebody finds it worth it, which my husband did, because he waited three years mm-hmm. to sleep with me. And he had already been, like, before I met him, he had lived with a woman for a year and also was with her for two years. And then he meets me and waits three years to sleep with me and still didn't care. That was value to me, right? Mm -hmm. So that it wasn't about the act of sex. It was about the person behind it and what his intentions were. And that's why I think I waited. So um, we are about out of time, but I just wanted to, (laughs) you know, I'm curious, like, what are your, what are your takeaways? Like, what's your closing thoughts for today, Jess? Um... I'm so glad that we had this conversation because even with my therapy, I never quite got through the whole virginity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is really about intent. I think when I'm talking to my daughter or my son someday and we're talking about when is the right moment mm-hmm. to decide that you're going to have sex with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, it's about deciding that you are going to do it because... The moment is right Mm -hmm. because this is the moment that you want to remember for the rest of your life with this person and not doing it because you feel some sort of societal pressure to do it and not not doing it because you feel some sort of societal pressure telling you not to do it. Mm. I think it goes back to that little book that we show the little kids (laughs) at the beginning that it's like this is my body Mm -hmm. it's my body I get to decide what to do with it and you know if your decision and how you are going to treat your body is to wait until marriage that's a beautiful thing because Mm -hmm. that's your body yeah and especially when your husband your fiance decides that with you that you're going to honor your bodies in that way but if you're 18 and you love your boyfriend or you're 16 and you know your girl you and your girlfriend have a great thing going on (laughs) and you think like let's make this our moment that we remember for the rest of our lives then that is also a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. yeah no I, i i fully agree i think that you know for me i had my own personal experiences just like all of you did just like everybody in the world did and i don't shame anybody for wanting to sleep before marriage i don't think that that's a bad thing but like you said you know it is it is, it is impactful. Like, you know, it's not just about the physical as it is the emotional. But I also agree that the stigma around it for women specifically is something that I think that, you know, when I eventually have kids, I want my kids to understand from a both a male and female perspective of like, this is, is something that is not to be ashamed of. It's something to be celebrated because, you know, from the church standpoint, God gave us sex to enjoy it. So why do we treat it as such a negative thing up until this point? I know that you said that you felt shame, and I'm sure a lot of that was a bit of a stigma from the church that you grew up in. And that's unfor- that, that like hurts me a little bit because I don't like that you felt shame. And so I think that that is something that I want to see in the future changed as far as a stigma of shame surrounding sex because it is a natural thing i mean you know how else do pastors have kids how else do people in the church have children it is something that happens you can't hide it you have to embrace the fact that it is something that's going to happen so why not make it a positive experience why not make it you know something with less shame and more joyfulness around 
around what it is. I, I do think emphasis on, um, on like having emotional, the emotional connection comes into play because I have seen so many people who became emotionally attached to someone that they lost their virginity to. And then whenever they broke up, just became wrecked for it. Sure. I do think that that's something that needs to be addressed while having the talk. It's not just like, Hey, this is what sex is, but also sex is not just physical. It's emotional. Cause that's what it was for me. All right. So, um, <laughs> I just wanted to wrap up with, you know, my takeaways from today. Um, a lot of the things that I think all of us have very similar, compl- I don't want to say complaints, but concerns, um, talking about the shame that surrounds sex. And something that I really want to emphasize and reiterate was from the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about, it starts from a young age to not treat the subject with shame, to talk about it early and young and age appropriate and do your research, you know, figure out what's appropriate material that can reach my kids, talk about boundaries, taking care of themselves, prioritizing themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't know, if you're not taught how to prioritize yourself, you're going to have a really negative first Mm -hmm. sexual experience because you might use it for the wrong reasons to get what you want to maybe, um, or be used in a way that you don't want to be. So I think the first step to getting a positive first sexual experience is teaching kids how to prioritize themselves, understand what they want, and recognize that it is just as important as what their partner wants. And then I want to teach my kids that virginity is irrelevant. Virginity is, is a, is, it's a frivolous concept. You should have sex with somebody that you care about that is Intent, like just said, it's intentional. And that's what I want to teach my kids personally going forward. You know, respect yourself, respect your partner, be safe, understand what it is. And there you go. And ask questions. Ask questions. It's not a shame to ask questions. It's okay to ask <clears throat> questions. I'm fully, I, I, I'm a full believer of no matter what environment you're in, because I tell this to my coworkers all the time via email, I'm like, there are no stupid questions. If you honestly don't understand the job, ask a question. There's no such thing as stupid questions. Same thing applies to here. Yeah. If you have a question, don't let anybody make you feel stupid for asking a question about sex. It's a very important thing that you have to be aware of. And if you have a question, if someone makes you feel shame, like, okay, I'm going to go to somebody who will answer my question. <laughs> because honestly, the more you ask, the more that you want to understand, I think is important. Sure. Yeah. I think it's good to do that. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on your, th- on your, on your mm-hmm. point there. I'm just like, you, you say respect yourself. Find out. I'm like, yeah, ask questions. Sure. It's totally okay to ask questions. Yeah. So anyways, any final thoughts? No, we're good. Yep. I just want to thank cool. everyone for listening in. Thank you for joining. I hope to hear you guys next week. Yeah. And that's us.